0: Welcome to the Reliance Community Podcast. Worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock or 10.45 a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Amen. Well, uh, as I said, if this is your first time back and you came to Easter, we do call ourselves a family, so it's good to do life with you guys um, and hope that you guys can get plugged in. Um, I want to say kind of what Ryan said, which is happy week after resurrection. Are you guys just as excited? Week after resurrection. Yeah? Amen? Oh my goodness. You were crazy on Easter, and now it's week after Easter. Are you still lovers of Jesus? Yeah. Okay, just want to make sure. Um, I have this burden in my heart. I was like praying through the week, Lord, here we are. There's this m- moment on Easter Sunday, and it was just a roar in the room, and it's like, Lord, where do we go from here? And he's like, go to the Great Commission and share the truth, amen? And so we're going to talk about that today. If you guys have your Bibles, we're be in a couple different places. Um, you can flip to Luke 24 for just a moment. But uh, I want to make sure um, that now that you know that resurrection power is a part of your life, like you have an assignment on you now. You you have a role to play now and uh, you can't have resurrection power inside of you and do nothing with it. Do you hear me? Like I want to say this again, you don't, we don't get to carry resurrection power and do nothing with it. We just don't get to do it um I, I, it's mind-blowing that here we are and this is like crazy of going yeah god last sunday church is all over just celebrating the resurrection of jesus realizing that christ has raised us up from the dead and we're like shh like let's keep that quiet right realizing now that you found hope and life and you're like hey do you think we could keep that on the download just a bit that's insane to me that that we wouldn't go man resurrection hope life is in me and that we wouldn't want to broadcast that to the world amen if we lose a pound we post it on facebook come on if we get a haircut we post if we had a good lunch we post it tell me that resurrection power is better than a good lunch and so there's something about like post resurrection now that should stir our hearts and go I got to tell everybody about this. This is what Jesus spent so much of his time on. This is why Jesus was so bent on going, now that you've seen me, now that you've seen me resurrected, now you're on assignment. You don't get resurrection power to sit on it. You don't. It's time to move. Easter last Sunday we talked about those five words I have seen the Lord that was the pronouncement of Mary I have seen the Lord to the disciples changed everything that was the first gospel presentation of the resurrection I have seen the Lord today is does your hearts burn still (laughs) does your hearts burn still And this is what we see in Luke 24, in verse 13. We're gonna pick up there. There's these guys on the road to Emmaus. These are not long removed, few days or a week or two after Jesus's resurrection. He's been showing himself to people. There's this buzz around the city. He's alive. There's this buzz. People are unsure, but there's this buzz happening around the city. We're seeing him. He's alive. And so you got to understand that right now the city is buzzing. There's these rumors going around that Jesus is alive. There was an earthquake on the day that he was crucified where the temple curtain was torn in two and the Holy of Holies now is accessible. People are freaking out. And all of a sudden, Jesus encounters these guys in Luke 24 on the road to Emmaus. And he says, they were talking, they were discussing things. And then it says, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. Verse 16 says, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. So these two guys are walking and talking with us. And next to them is Jesus. But they're like, we don't know who this cat is, but he's coming, he's walking with us. And Jesus keeps their eyes from recognizing him and he says these words, which I love, because it's like you can see the tones of humor in it in Jesus' life. And he said to them, what is the conversation that you're holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still looking sad. And, Then one of them named Cleopas answered him, are you the only visitor in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened in these days? And you can picture Jesus going, no, you you gotta tell me about him, right? Like tell, he's probably hiding his hands because he's got the nail scars, right? Like tell me about him, right? And so he says, he says, and he said to them, what things? And they said to him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people. And how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. And here's where we start to see where something happened after the resurrection that we can get to in our own lives. Here's a warning. We had hoped that he was the one that would redeem Israel so here's this buzz he's alive here's these rumors here's alive. life here's this truth the tomb is empty and all of a sudden they're still a little bit hopeless right like we had hoped we'd hoped that he was the one we're just not sure though like he's dead we think but we've heard these rumors so Jesus goes on and he basically spends some time and he's given a little bit of rebuke about don't you remember what the prophet said That he would be handed over that he would be crucified that he would resurrect so he's given them this word so these men are enticed now in their hearts like there's something that jesus said something's beginning to stir just a little bit they urged him they still don't know who he is they said would you stay with us till evening the day is far spent so jesus stayed with them in verse 30. he was at the table with them look what he does he was at the table with them And he blessed the bread, and he broke it, and he gave it to them, and look what it says, and their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. I have seen the Lord. And then he vanished from their sight. That's just like Jesus, right? Oh, see ya, right? And look what it says, they said to each other. like They knew something was different about this guy. Look what they said. Did not our hearts burn within us? Did not our hearts burn within us? Open to us the, while he talked uh, to us on the road, and then I love this, while he opened to us the scriptures, then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. Did not our hearts burn within us? This is post-resurrection. This is where we're at today. Last week was Resurrection Sunday. We're post Does not our heart still burn within us? Like something changed when the tomb was empty, does not our heart still burn within us? When he talked with us and he opened the word with us and he broke bread with us. And my concern, church, my concern is that all over the city and all over the state and all over the nation, there were these roaring Sundays proclaiming on Easter Sunday, he's alive, he's alive, he's alive, he's alive, and we had these roaring moments and now this Sunday, it's almost like we've shelved it and put it back it's like, let's back to normal. And he says, does not your heart burn within you? So my concern is that we would have that roaring Sunday and not do anything with it the rest of the week or the year. We would just go back to normal. You see the Emmaus experience for these guys set them on a trajectory. We saw him. He's alive. They would actually run back, get with the disciples and say, we saw him. He's alive. Like we, we talked with him and when he broke the bread our eyes were opened up. We saw him. We can now testify that Jesus Christ is alive. And I'm telling you today, and I believe it with everything in me, this is the call post-resurrection. This is your assignment. Whether you like it or not, if there's resurrection power in you, you have an assignment on you and your assignment now is to testify to him. This is why Jesus will spend time through the gospels, Matthew 5:14. You are the light of the world. You're a city set on a hill that can't be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp, put it under a basket, put it on a stand. They put it on a stand and they give its light to all of the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that may, they may see your good works and give glory to who? Your Father God. They may give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Look, this is God's plan for humanity. Look around, it's you. This is God's plan, through Jesus Christ, to share the gospel, you're his plan. Ooh, what was he thinking, amen? But he's not going to let you do it alone, because over the next few weeks, because without the Holy Spirit, we don't got it. And so he's going to empower us, we're going to talk about that. Oh, I'm super excited about the next three weeks, okay. So we're talking about his filling, his power, all those things, but today, he leaves, he leaves us with this note. The empty tomb, Paul will talk so much about running a race. In your Christian life, you're running a race. Like you're running a race, run a race to get the prize. He's like, run the race, finish strong. i finished my race. I've kept my faith. Paul's all about this kind of race idea. I want you to know at the empty tomb is the starting line, not the finish line. Jesus cried, it is finished. The work was done. Death had been defeated. But for you and I, it's the start. Because for you and I in that moment, now the spirit of God is going to fall on us so that the world will be able to know who Jesus is going and testify to him. So here's the deal. Here's the deal, so Jesus gives really two things over those 50 days after his resurrection to the disciples and those who saw him. He really gives kinda two things that he was laying out to them. The first thing he tells them is the call and commission. He's gonna give them a call and commission. What is it we're called to now? If we've got resurrection power, what are we called to now? And the second thing he's gonna give them is the empowerment. So first is the call, the second one is the empowerment to the call, and he's gonna take us to the school of the Holy Spirit, amen? So, in Matthew chapter 28, let's go there, in Matthew chapter 28, <clears throat> while they were, and in, 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 I'm going to start with verse 11 here, Matthew gives an account post-resurrection here, while they were going, okay, he's talking about the religious leaders and, and the jailers that were going, oh, the tomb was empty, while they were going, behold, some of the guards went into the city and told the chief priests all that had taken place. And when they had assembled with the elders and had taken counsel, they gave a sufficient sum of money to the soldiers and said, tell people his disciples have come at night and stole him away while we were asleep. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So here's what, they're building conspiracy now around Jesus being removed from the tomb. So they took the money and they did as they were directed. And listen to this. This, is, I don't, this caught me. You see, the narrative for many people, and I think it's Jews and others alike, the narrative is that Jesus was a good guy, but he was not the son of man. Jesus was a good guy, but he did not resurrect, right? The narrative is built on this lie for them trying to share that, look, we'll just say that somebody stole him. And I think that our commission has been spread among the Jews even today. And I think that our commission is to change the story. I think that our commission is through the Holy Spirit, who's the spirit of truth, we're supposed to tell the truth over the lies, amen? This is where we're at. And so, right after he says this story has been spread, now Jesus is gonna tell us to spread a different story. And here it is, the great commission of verse 16. The 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain, to which Jesus had directed them, And when they saw him, and when they saw him, they worshiped him, but then, I love the gospel, they're just being real, but some doubted. And I still have this picture of these guys sitting there, everybody on their faces before the Lord, and there's this little group of them going, "Yes, we just don't know if it's him. They can see his nail scars, and they're going, yeah, we just don't know. And eventually, he's going to ascend up into the clouds, and there's a picture of them going, you, you think it's him? I still know if it's him. I'm like, you morons. But some doubted. Some worshiped, some doubted. And I love that because here's the thing, there are times in our hearts where we've seen the Lord move, but we still doubt, amen? So Jesus came and said to them, the famous words, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit teaching them to observe obey all that i've commanded and behold i am with you always to the very end of the age yeah amen jesus so He says, because of what I did on the cross and because the tomb is empty and my father rose me from the dead, here's what he's saying here. He's saying all authority, I can do anything I want. Anything that I wanna do, all authority's been given to me. And he goes, and so here's what I want you to do. Because I have all authority, I want you to go make disciples. Out of all the things that he could have said, Out of all the things that he could have done, out of all the things that could have happened, his words are all authority equals all people need to be disciples of me. And then he gives that role to who? You and I. There's a mandate on us. So, in one setting, Jesus has just done two things He gave us both assignment and authority. He gave us assignment, which we're talking about today. He gave us authority, which we're talking about the next three weeks. Nothing else matters in this moment. It's going to take the work of the Holy Spirit and a burning in our heart to get this mandate done. There's no lukewarmness that's going to get this thing done. Amen, church. It's going to take the work of the Holy Spirit and a burning in our hearts, resurrection power, to get this thing done. And all of this call is unto his return. There's no retirement from this. You don't get to put your time in and then say, you know what, I put in my time. It's somebody else's turn. This is not there was not. This is your assignment. This is your assignment. If there was not still a mission left for us to do, we'd be gone. Hear me. If there was not still a mission on planet Earth for us to do, we'd be gone. Why? Because we'd be with him. This is not just the longing of our heart. This is the longing of God's heart. This is the longing of Jesus. Jesus is telling us, look, in my Father's house there are many rooms. I'm going to go away, prepare one for you because I can't wait to be with you. The longing of Jesus' heart is to be with us. And so the fact that we're still on planet Earth means the assignment's not done. The assignment is not done. He's holding back his return because there's still a missional assignment that's on you and I. I'm telling you, this is the time. He is shifting things around. There's still work to do and he's like, this is the time, Let's, let's do this. This is why Peter tells us in 2 Peter 3, the Lord's not slow in keeping his promises, he desires for everyone to know him and none to perish, amen? This is his longing. That's why we're still here. And so it's interesting, and, and honestly, it's interesting that we've made, I'm say it anyways. We have all these other destinies that we're chasing after. And I'm going to say it anyways. We read books about my purpose and my destiny, and I'm, you go and live your, whatever purpose, that de- do your thing unto the fact that your primary destiny and purpose is the Great Commission and make him known. Amen? He, hear what I'm saying? read your purpose-driven stuff fine right get your destiny whatever worked out but here's what it's to it's to Jesus's return and it's to the world to know him so micro level yes you're going to go and work your job and you're going to do your thing and you've got purpose on your life macro level we're in this thing together great commission make him known this is what it is, this is where we're at right now. And so if, 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 I, I, if you wanna be a CEO, be a CEO, but you're supposed to make disciples while you do it. If, if, you, if you wanna be a teacher, be a teacher, but you're a teacher who's making disciples. You wanna be a financial planner? Go and be a great financial planner as if you're doing unto the Lord. You better be making disciples. This is your destiny. And all of it, all of it is unto his return. Of scripture is using words like all in Jesus and really pretty much every author of scripture is using words like you're a city on a hill your salt to the earth greater things you get us on track of this is what I'm supposed to do when people say things like man I just really feel like maybe I've missed my destiny you didn't miss it you're still on planet earth you're still breathing your destiny is to let people know about Jesus right So, when, if you feel like you've missed your destiny macro level you have not keep doing it Do you hear me so With that said, we get to Acts chapter 20. Paul tells us, however I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race, complete the task that the Lord Jesus has given me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task. Paul's gonna tell us what his aim and task is. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Now, I know that some of you who have gone out about preaching the kingdom will never see me again. Look, I wanna show you weight right here in verse 26, circle the weight right here. Therefore, I declare to you today, I am innocent of the blood of any of you. Ooh. I'm innocent of the blood of any of you, for I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Let me tell you why it's jumped out at me when I was doing my study this week, because what I see here when he says I'm innocent, If I don't share Paul's likening, if I don't testify to you, maybe I'm guilty. If I don't share the good news of Jesus, I'm not walking in my mandate. Now, praise the Lord for his grace. Amen, church. But this is how weighty it was to Paul. For Paul, he's going, every time I see you, every time I come into contact, I'm going to testify to Jesus so that I'm innocent one day when I stand before the King of Kings. Not innocent of sin, Jesus took that innocent to make sure that every single person knows that Jesus took that. And you listen to Jesus then talking about the harvest and you realize what this is really all about. Don't confuse this thing. Understand all the anointing and the gifting in the world is unto this one calling, that you are called to the great commission to go and make him known. We're not rock stars and awesome at what we do so that we can have all of this glory and success on our own. God has gifted and anointed you in your sphere of influence, what you do, you're at home, whatever. You are gifted and anointed because he cares about his gospel message going out to the ends of the earth. So Matthew 24, 14, man, Jesus is given signs of the times. It's like, mark these, these are, I'm gonna give signs of the ends kind of of the times. And in Matthew 24, 14, here's what he says. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And everybody say it, and then the end will So here's our heart. Jesus, we wanna be with you, you wanna be with us. And he's going, then you testify to every nation this good news, let's go everywhere. Like this is a longing in our heart. We should be like, let's go, let's go everywhere and share this thing. I don't know about you, but I wanna spend my days and my hours with him, amen? And if you don't, and that's an issue, I'm gonna check that burn, check that burn in your heart. What is it that's replacing him if that's not what you want? What is it that's better than him if that's not what you want, amen? Amen? All right, amen. So, who's, who's this for? Like, who's this speaking to? Some of y'all are back there and you're going, he ain't speaking to me because I don't talk in front of people, right? Let me tell you the definition of evangelism. There's two parts to it. The definition of evangelism is the spreading of the gospel by public preaching or personal witness. By public preaching or personal witness. Let me tell you what I'm speaking to today primarily. I want you to publicly preach the word, but I'm telling you every one of us can share a personal witness if you've encountered the Lord. That's the road to Emmaus. That's our hearts were strangely warmed. Listen to this, John 17, three, this is eternal life that they may know you, the one true God, Jesus Christ, whom you sent. This is eternal life. If you know him, theologians to do this, just telling you, it's not complicated. You don't have to be great theologians to do this. You are the right person to do this. This is why Paul tells us, and I love the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. If you believe in the message of the cross, the power of God is on you. It's not about you. It's not about, how good you, it's not about how good you can speak to people, how awesome you are in front of people. When the power of God comes upon you, he's good enough to do the work. So this is about you believing in who Jesus is, the power of the cross in your life, and you have the power of God in your life, but he's not finished. Look what he says, verse 26, brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. <laughs> Think of what you were when you were called. He wants you to go back for a moment. Think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Somebody testify, amen? Not many of you were influential, come on. Not many of you were noble birth. Any hands, noble birth in here? Okay, cool, yeah, awesome, very cool. But God, he said not many, not all, he said not many. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world, the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you're in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Can you all boast in the Lord this morning? Can you boast in the Lord? Then you can testify. If you can boast the Lord, then you can witness. If you can boast the Lord, then you can share the gospel, amen, because it's the power of God at work in you. But Paul's not done. Chapter two, he goes on, he says, when I came to you, I didn't come with human wisdom and elegance and all these things. He says, I resolved to know nothing but Christ and him crucified, and then verse three. Here it is, chapter two, verse three. I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. Come on now, if we went to the mall today and I said, go share Jesus, how many of you guys would tremble? Few? Some of y'all be trembling in in the room. And I'm telling you, Paul's going, when you come to the Lord in weakness and fear and trembling, He'll use you. He doesn't need your strength, He needs your yes. He needs your yes. Holy Spirit's good at His job, our yes. And look what He says. And if the Holy Spirit is good at his job, he just needs you and I to give our yes. And look what he says. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration. It has to be this huge, grandiose thing. Like, it's got to be this big miracle. It's got to be this big sign and wonder. Can I tell you, the demonstration of the Spirit's power is that he found you in your mire and your muck, and he lifted you up, and he saved your life like that's a demonstration of the spirit's power it's your testimony i don't deserve the good news of the gospel yet he still saw me as worthy that's that's a demonstration of the spirit's power that's finest Now, don't get me wrong i want signs wonders and miracles (laughs) please jesus but a demonstration of the spirit's power is the fact that he found you and he saw value in you that's what somebody needs to hear The world will do everything it can to keep somebody from hearing that. That's why 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. We can sit here and warn our hearts all day long. How can people not see this? How can people not understand this? I can't believe the craziness out there. Come on, people, you gotta see what, and he's he's telling us, right now, the God of this age has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. Somebody's gotta break in with the blindness, amen? That spirit that was on Jesus, Holy Spirit that was on Jesus, he has anointed me that I can proclaim the good news and give sight to the blind. That Holy Spirit is in us now to do the same thing. It's time to break blindness off of those who don't know him. This is the language of scripture. He anointed us to proclaim the good news. He appointed us to the ministry of reconciliation. He commissioned us to go and make disciples. You are anointed, appointed, and commissioned, whether you like it or not. If the resurrection power of Jesus is in you, you have been anointed to proclaim the good news. You have been appointed to the ministry of reconciliation, 2 Corinthians 5.18. You have, you have this appointment on you. He entrusted you with this ministry of reconciliation. He commissioned you to make disciples. And it doesn't take a great theologian to do this. It takes a person whose heart's burning for Jesus with compassion for others. Matthew, real quick, 9.35, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, healing every kind of disease and sickness. And here's what he says. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. Somebody say compassion. They were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And he says to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful for the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore to send workers in the harvest field. He needed someone to help them lead them the right way. They're harassed and helpless and they just simply needed someone to help them lead them the right way do you see the world through the eyes of Jesus in that way or is it man they're so messed up they're not worth my time so Ryan come on up here I want to I want to I want to have a challenge moment for us today so here, here's what I want to do I just want I want to take the next four ish minutes um, and I want you to pray about something. I was meeting with a guy, Josh Engle, he's up at the YWAM base in Kansas City. And he's gonna come down and he's gonna teach a, a, an evangelism equipped weekend here at Reliance here in a, a couple of months. And it's just gonna be a weekend where he's getting our hearts ready to be able to know how and what it looks like to share the gospel, fill with the spirit of God. Anyways, it's gonna be awesome. Hope that you guys can be a part of that. But here's what he said. He goes, sometimes it just starts with an intentionality. He's like, are there three people that God's highlighting in your life? Could be a co-worker, could be a family, could be a neighbor, um, could, somebody that you've had a bit of interaction with that you know, they don't know the truth of who Jesus is and, and, and you know that God could use you. So I want to ask you to pray just for a few minutes who are three people that God is highlighting in your life. I want you to write them down or I want you to put them in your phone. It could be family, it could be it could be friends, it could be coworker, it could be neighbor, whatever. And and I want you to ask the Lord, in the next 6 months, Lord, will you give me a divine opportunity to share the gospel with them? Thanks for listening today. If you want to find out how to get involved, go to reliancecommunity.org.